Hello, I'm Sarah James, a lifestyle blogger and self-help aficionado. And I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and psychotherapist. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast in the Lifelisten Network about two women embarking on a self-care bender. We're both of the opinion that self-care is important, and yet it's elusive. And while we may have all the information we need, we don't always get there. We want to explore different aspects of self-care, from the silly to the serious, looking at body, mind, and spirit, and also just some random talk that's thrown in there for good measure. We also want to look at the defenses and distractions to keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Well, we have a fun episode for you today. We're going to be doing an interview with Jessica Turner, who just wrote a book called Stretch Too Thin. It is specific to moms. Um, It is about finding that elusive work-life balance, and it is a book that is really useful really insightful. I think you guys are going to appreciate our interview with her. But first, she's awesome. Let's do a little self-care check-in. How are you doing, Sarah? (sighs) Kristen, you Uh know, I don't even, I don't want to be a complainer. I don't want to complain, but just what is up with just the hormonal changes that cause all sorts of issues in the body at this age. Like I have finally decided that I don't know if I can do this perimenopause thing for the next 10 years. Like if I'm going to feel like, do you have an alternative to it? I don't know. Is there an option? (laughs) There is no opt out, but I, I'm going to talk specifically for the past month. And this is not just PMS. This is like for a month long. I've been so bloated, like the worst indigestion. And I don't know what is wrong with me. And it's making me insane. Do you ever get indigestion? Well, let me just tell you that I I just came out of uh, my mother's womb with indigestion. Ugh. I always have indigestion. So that's not an age-related thing Ugh. for me. Ugh. But I, like, live on Tums and Alka-Seltzer. So I, I'm always – I have GERD. Uh, Do you know what that is? Well, no, that's what my doctor just told me. She like made me take uh, Prilosec, but I will point out that Prilosec is not helping me. I took, I took it every day for two weeks. Huh. So I'm like, nope, still have the indigestion. But the other thing is, is the bloating. Now I, I get the bloating right before your period, but right. I, I am talking about, I wake up in the morning and my stomach is relatively flat. Okay. Relatively, but you know, it's, I, I can deal but by yeah. the end of the day, it looks like I am five months pregnant. And I am not kidding. To the point where Dustin several times has been like, what is going on? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. And then I think for sure there's a tumor growing in there because obviously, like, what's the first thing I'm going to think? But then it goes yeah. back down. So I'm like, I don't think it is. Huh. Well, do you think it could be something you're eating? I don't know. I just did all that allergy, food, you sensitivity. How, where are you at with gluten right now? Are you eating no, it or no? No, not eating it. Okay. I'm just... I feel like it could be... You know what? I have to tell you, relative to this. So uh, there's a gal I follow on Instagram. She's a photographer, Tara Whitney. Do you follow her by chance? I, I Yeah. Yeah, I know of her. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she lives here in Orange County. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I follow her and this... About a year ago, she started this diet for IBS symptoms, irritable bowel syndromes, called FODMAP. Oh, yeah. Low FODMAPs. Yeah. 
Did you know about this? I've, I, well, I've been reading about it. Of course I have the past like, couple of weeks. Of course you have. <laughs> well, is that, that's so funny. I, it's so funny how often the two of us are like doing the same research at the same time without having spoken about it together. <laughs> because of course I'm on this rabbit trail now too. But yeah, I mean, she has had incredible success has with she? it. Well, both weight loss, which is not why she did it, but... Um, you know, she was just having intestinal issues constantly. So I've been looking into this FODMAP thing too. I wa- I'm wondering, I, I've got to do something and it just, it just came out of nowhere, which is kind of weird. Um, and I'm sure a lot of it has to do with stress and it's way bad right now because I'm about to start my period. So it's just like, yeah. I feel like my stomach is a balloon, literally. Like I feel like there's so much air in there or something. I'm like, what is in there? But I wonder if I, oh, that's the last thing I want to do is like start some new diet. I know. But I will say that I think that you're probably following this diet already like 75%. Is it like no gluten, no um, Yeah, dairy? it's about short chain carbohydrate, carbohydrates. Okay. I'm, and, she, and she's had really good success. She has. Because it's just I don't, so I weird. have not done enough research to really like speak intelligently on it other than to say that it's something that I've been considering. Okay. Um, and I have been kind of eating in that way. Okay. Maybe I'll just try it for a couple of weeks. I mean, it can't hurt. It's interesting to me that, I mean, I have all those issues, but mine do not track with my period. It's interesting that yours do. I will definitely say I'm more bloated before my period, but this is not, the indigestion is not I don't think it's hormone related because I've had it like nonstop, oh, got it. you know, it's yeah. just, I mean, there've been a couple of days that I haven't, but mostly I'm kind of like, Ugh, like right, you know, right in your sternum right there. Yes. Ah. And it could just well, be, and- you know, getting older and just hormones and all of it mixed together, but I don't it like be. it. I know. And the other issue that you and I both deal with that I'm not sure we've talked about on the show, but we've talked about together is that both you and I are body scanners. Oh, oh my God. Let's, let's really do a whole episode on, on body scanning. Meaning, you guys. What we need, well, what, I'll just say what we mean by that is yeah. Sarah and I are both hyper aware of what's happening in our bodies. Hyper aware. To the point of anxiety. Yes. I mean. Every twinge, every feeling, every sensation. Yes. And so it's like, it, that's, you know, that's where this gets difficult is, do we really have, Bad indigestion, or yes. is this a new thing that we're perseverating on? Exactly. I always wonder to myself, if this exact feeling was in somebody else, would they even notice it? Would it be I bothersome know. to them? But for me, it's like, oh, set up the GI referral process. Got to totally. go to a gastroenterologist. Got to go to a... It, yeah. yeah. And, and, Do the barium x-ray on me. I know. And that's why <laughs> that one book, you know, The Highly Sensitive Person... Yes, it's the best book, because I think I've said this before for the longest time, I thought that meant a person that was like emotionally really sensitive, which it can be, but also it's just, you're very, very in tune with everything that happens in your body physically. And yes. I'm, I'm just so aware. And that same thing goes like with lights or noises or oh my gosh. being in a, a Best Buy, like seriously being in a Best Buy Dude. will send me I will, I've almost fainted before because that level of input into my system, I mean, it, it's too much. I cannot take those sounds and noises and lights, and it's oh, not good. I mean, not I good. Am, I am so the same way. I went, to see, I went to see my friend Jen Hotmaker speak, and I was sitting in the front row, 
so that I was getting the stage lights in my eyes, if that makes sense. Oh, yes. In the round. Yes. And so it was a, it was an all day thing. So I, I sat there for probably five hours with a stage light kind of in my line of view. Uh-huh. I threw up on the way home. <gasps> I'm so sensitive. I can so relate to that. Yeah. I wonder how many people I'm like are a delicate like flower. It's so annoying. It really is annoying. I wish I could just toughen the F up, but I don't know. I, know. I just, I cannot. So yeah. Or like if I go to someone's house, this is a pet peeve, and they have, let's say that they have canned lights that cast down, yes. right? which most people have. But they have a ceiling fan that's under the candlelight. <gasps> the worst. And they turn both on. I'm like, I'm out. Oh. I'm going to leave. Kristen, our <laughs> kitchen, our new kitchen, the big air conditioning system that sits outside. After, you know, uh-huh. the big old thing with the big fan that spins around on top. Yes. Yeah. It's right outside our kitchen window, the, our, one of our back kitchen windows right next to where I sit to eat breakfast. And if the sun is shining down onto that fan it creates like a strobe light effect in my kitchen no no and it Mm -hmm. makes me want to cry (laughs) no can't handle it I'm like Dustin when are we getting those window treatments I cannot wait so I made him put brown craft paper up on that window because I cannot deal with that strobe like effect no (laughs) and I just need all of the world to adapt to our sensibilities so everyone Everyone stop using LED lights. I don't care if they're oh, more energy efficient. Please they're Lord. the scourge of the earth. Praise and be. And everyone make sure that your lights are hung below your ceiling fan. <laughs> <laughs> if Thank the, you. If the world lived the way we need it to, it'd be, such, it'd be so much more pleasant, really. Uh, no. We're just looking out for people. Okay, so bloating and digestion got all that. What's going on with you? Well, um, my kids went back to school this week. Yay! So... That's a big deal. Well, yes. they went back to school as at time of listening, it will have been two weeks, but my kids are back in school. Um, I feel like I have a new lease on life. Oh, yes. I feel girlfriend. Like the world is limitless. <laughs> it is full of potential and possibility. <laughs> and so am I. <laughs> I am going to make goals. I am. I mean, I can't even explain it, Sarah. I feel so much better. Like it's really sad. To say that my my self-care is directly related to my kids being in school. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Like, not even, like, a tiny bit, like, a small correlation. It, it is just, like, how is Kristen doing? What month is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have to say, Kristen, you have a very certain pep in your voice right now. I mean, I can feel it. Yeah. I can feel it halfway across the country through this little clean feed line that we're on right now doing this. I, I feel I'm it. I'm just so happy. I don't, I am not, well, I will say this also in relation to the sensitive, you know, BS, you know that I don't have AC right. and in my house and which whatever, that's just, a, it's a Southern California thing. I can't explain it. I know the rest of the world is like, what? I but know. we don't. None yeah. of us do. Um, and so in addition to having the children home all day, it's just been so hot. And mm. I swear when I get really hot, mm. I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. I just go into a coma. Like mm-hmm. I'm just wandering the house like in sackcloth and ashes. Like I, I'm just <laughs> worthless. So it's like all the kids left and the weather cooled down. And I'm just like, look at me being a normal person. Look, look at, at me, you. Like feeling positive when I wake up. You it's are just, in heaven right now. Kristen. I am. I'm so happy. But I did want to talk about one random thing. Okay. Um, 
I have to say, I went, I took my kids on vacation right before they went back to school. It was, our, we go back to school way later than the rest of the world. Right. Um, here in Southern California. It's, and we have Indian summers, which I think that's why that is. It stays hot out here much longer. Mm-hmm. But, so I took my kids on vacation the very last week. So it was the week of Labor Day. And no one else was on vacation. So it was just me and my kids at a completely empty resort. Whoa, was that weird? It was super weird. Well, and I chose the resort because I thought there'd be a lot of kids there, just not really thinking through like, oh, everyone's back in school now. And I just, I just want to say on record, it is really freaking hard traveling with children as a single mom. Like it's really hard. And four children at that. Yeah. And my thinking, my fantasy of the way the week would go, and this is, you know, it always sucks when your expectations don't match up with reality. My fantasy of the way the week would go was we were in Cabo. I'd sit on the balcony overlooking the ocean, overlooking the pool, and just watch as they played with their new friends, and I would get a bunch of of work done. Yeah. In reality, they went to the pool at 9 a.m. and came back up at 10 a.m. and were like, there's no kids, we're bored, and Uh. they're looking at me, and I'm like, oh, Okay. Uh, I guess we'll drive places. <laughs> like I'll entertain you. Oh, and you see, that's where it's you really feel the loss of a type seven spouse. Yes. <laughs> Who normally would be like, let's go do this. Let's go do all these amazing adventures. Right. Well, uh, I sit in the room and work. Yeah. So it was all on me. And it was all on me, like, I mean, I had to rent a car in Mexico and drive around. And uh, that's not always I, fun, no. I don't like doing that. No. That's super intimidating. You know, and it just, yeah, it was, it, we had a great trip. We really did. I mean, it was one of those trips where I feel like we all grew closer as a family. We had some incredible conversations, but it was hard. It was a lot of work. It was I a lot of work. I came home needing a vacation from my vacation. <laughs> But also, on the flip side, you probably did have a lot more moments where you could bond and come together because you weren't working. You know, This you were, is true. And know. I did have to, like, do the whole radical acceptance thing, like, day one. Like, you know what? All of the stuff I thought I was going to get done next week, like, none of it's going to happen. And you know what? It, a lot of it didn't need to happen because you were on vacation and you're such a type yeah. three and I totally get it. I'm saying this because I'm coming, coming from a place of I'm right there with you, not of judgment. But yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, sometimes like, you know what? You got to turn the type three down a notch and you're not going to be super productive, but it's actually, like you said, it, you had a really good time with them. I did. It was good. Well, it looked great. I have to say it looked lovely. Even well, though, you know, I just had to build in like stuff to do. Like we totally we went to the beach every day and we, yeah. you know, we went, um, we went more places than I thought it was just going to be like the, that kind of a resort vacation where you don't leave right. the resort. Right. And it wasn't. Right. They just bring you <laughs> pina coladas all day long. Right. Yeah. yeah. Not so much. All right. So are you ready for some two thumbs up? I'm ready. Okay. Here are my two. Um, first off. Have you ever had gin gin, ginger candies? Well, I've had ginger candies. I don't know if I've had that specific kind. What do they taste like? Are they soft or are they hard? This they're is like in, they're in the middle. Oh. They're kind of hard, but you can kind of bite into them. I forgot to mention, along with my bloating and indigestion update, that I'm also experiencing a lot of nausea lately. Which What? Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, that is no bueno, no, no, no. I do not like feeling like I'm gonna throw up. It's very rare that I do. And I probably- That's terrible. Oh yeah, it's not good. So I did all the, what do I need to do? What can I do that's just, you know, homeopathic or something that I can just eat? And everyone's like, you know, ginger, ginger. So I bought these ginger, ginger candies because I read some article who's someone who always has nausea loves them. And of course they were on Amazon and they only sell them like by the, I don't know, 13 pound bag. Not really, but seriously. Yeah, so you I, have enough for the whole year. I yeah. have enough for my life. I have enough for my yeah. life. <laughs> and now I just feel guilty that I have so many, but I really like them. And I have to say they, they help. They do help. I think ginger do. really does help with like a sque- you know, squeamish stomach. And so I've just been eating a lot of those. So if anyone out there feeling a little bit dizzy and nauseous ever, you might want to try the gin, gin, ginger candies. Gin, gin, ginger. Okay, I wasn't sure when you asked, but I Googled it, and I have had these before. And they're chews. They are a little chewy. Yeah, they. I mean, I guess I do. I end up chewing them up. I tried to suck yeah. on the first one, and then I'm like, oh, no. But they're, like, hard chewy. They're not, like, Yeah, they are. Starburst. I like these. Yeah, they're You know where good. I bought these before? Where? Is Cost Plus World Market. Oh, oh really? I don't think we have one of yes. those here in Oklahoma City. Yeah, you may not. I'm going to have to I look like that those. up. I like those. Although, I mean, totally off topic, but we're getting our first container store here in like a week. And let me tell you how excited I am about that. Let me just Ooh, tell you. Oh, that is really exciting. Oh, I can't wait. Okay. So you got the gin, gin, ginger candies. My other thing is I've got to talk about Thrive Market, which we were talking about at the Selfie Facebook community group. Yeah, people were asking about yes. that in the Selfie Facebook community. So Thrive Market, that's the one where the food is like, they've got tons of paleo food, yes. tons of, it's right? Like, all, like it's organic, natural foods, yeah, organic. Like a specialty food. health food store online. But and not just food. Uh, toiletries, shampoos, yes. soaps, razors, yep. all of that. So I was not really, I was not really into this, uh, the idea of this, because I already have an Amazon Prime membership. But I was finding a lot of the times that the things I wanted to get on Amazon would be more expensive than if I just go to Target or the store. But you know, I don't really like to go to Target or the store, so I was trying to find another option. And mm-hmm. their deal at Thrive Market is that it's twenty-five to fifty percent off organic foods. Now I'm going to go ahead out there and say that I do, I've never seen anything 50% off. Um, I would say it's more like 15 to 20% off, Yeah. but I've, I actually did like, I took my little iPhone and I went to whole foods and I wrote down the prices, typed in the prices and then came back. Cause I wanted to see if it really, and it is, they are cheaper than my sprouts, my whole foods, you know, the kind of natural grocery stores that carry this stuff. But the other thing yeah. is they always have this like I get at least two emails from them a week where they're like, we're giving an extra 30% off on these paleo items. So like they're Mm. always having sales on top of sales. And I have found, I have probably already saved, well, it tells me, I think I've already saved like three or $400 and I've been using it for maybe three or four months. And it does have an annual fee, which I'm mad that I didn't remember this. I'm going to say it's around $50 that you pay one time for a year but I am really thinking it's worth it. I can get my shampoo there. They're starting to carry like beauty lines. Um, it's, mm. it's what I'm going to now. Like I get all my Siete stuff. You know, the Siete chips and tortillas. Yes. They have uh-huh. like all the, um, my favorite dressings, the brands that make my favorite dressings there. It's good. It's good. So anyway, I'm going to link up to it on selfiepodcast.com. And I have a code too that gets $25 off your first order. 
Ooh, awesome. Yeah. I need to do that. I've, I've looked, I've perused. Yeah. And I, they have so much stuff I like. I just yes. have not like actually ordered from them yet. I think you'll like it. I, I really enjoy it. It's been great. Awesome. So what about you? Well, one of my two thumbs up, I'm guessing they probably have on Thrive Market, which is, um, it's a salad dressing. <laughs> oh my God. I'm um, so into salad dressings right now. Oh, I am too. Well, I'm super picky about salad dressing. Me too. I think you probably are too. Yeah. Um, because I started making my own a long time ago. And like, once you've, re- once you really, once you take a deep dive into like better salad dressing, it's really hard to go back to just the, the canned craft yes. salad dressings. Like they just taste like yeah. preservatives. Yes. You know? Yes. So anyway, the, um, I had done Whole30 a while back, and this is when I discovered this Tessa Mays brand. <gasps> Love it. Um, have you tried them? Oh, yeah. It's so good. It's a great brand. So they have a specific salad dressing, though, that I'm in love with. It's called Zesty Ranch. <gasps> yeah. Now, I have to say that it is not like a ranch because it's not creamy. Mm-mm. It's an oil-based, but it is zesty's the word. It's zesty. Yes. It, I can't explain it. It's delicious. It makes every salad taste so much better. It doesn't have that like canned creamy taste. It has no sugar because I don't like sweet dressings. Me neither. It is the yummiest. I have been getting mine off Amazon, but I would imagine they have it on Thrive. In fact, you know what? I'm going to look right I don't now. think they do. I just did. No! And I'm bummed because let me tell you, I don't know if you've tried their lemon garlic dressing. I like that one too. It's great. And have you tried the Everything Bagel Ranch? What? Everything bagel ranch. Just just take those three words and let them simmer inside you right now. Uh, I, I'm already in. T- yeah. That's from Tessa Mays. Tessa Mays makes that? Uh, Tessa Mays makes that. They also make an incredible wing uh, sauce, like a buffalo yes, wing Yes, I've sauce. had that. Yeah. So um, you're going to have to add everything bagel ranch to your thing. Now, I don't think that um, Thrive carries Tessa Mays, but they do carry Primal Kitchen, which I do like a lot of Primal Kitchen's dressings. Um, you know what? They do actually have Tessames on Thrive. I found it. What? It's it's a build your own three pack. So look, oh. you have to go down and select. But this is these are the options they have: the balsamic, which is good; the green goddess, I haven't had; the lemon garlic dressing, which you just mentioned, which is fantastic; a honey poppy seed, and then they have a honey mustard. They have a ketchup, which is really good and sugar free, and then they have their buffalo and barbecue sauce. And so you pick three of those. Okay, I see. I love it I'm even thrive. more. You guys have got to join Thrive Market. I'm telling you. They do not, though, Sarah, have the um, everything bagel, so I'm going to have to search that out elsewhere. I think it's new because I just saw it for the first exciting. time. <laughs> you know what I have to say about Tessame, too? They are not a sponsor. <laughs> I just really like this company. Um, they send out a weekly email, and I hate newsletters like from brands and companies. Right. But theirs is really good and it has really good recipes in it. Really? Yes. Okay. I'm going to go sign up for that right now while I'm sitting here. Cause otherwise I'm going to forget. Yeah. I'm going to their they website. They have a really good newsletter. Okay. So that's my first recommendation. My second, which I know that you have been listening to as well is the sleeping at last Enneagram series podcast. Yes. Oh my gosh, you guys. So Sleeping at Last is a band. I mean, that's the really random part of it. It's a band. Yeah. And um, Ryan, I believe, is the guy's name. He's just super into Enneagram and happens to be a musician. And so he has he 
like undertook writing a song for each Enneagram type. Mm-hmm. And these songs, everyone I know who's listened to their song, do they of cry? Their type. Oh, totally. Yeah. Have you listened to the type three song? I, I cried like a baby. Yeah. Right. Like a baby. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, it is so amazing. So he started with the songs and then I guess he was like, wow, everyone's freaking out about these. I'll, you know, do a whole podcast series on it. And so he did that and it's, it is really good. It is a really good exploration. Um, each episode explores one Enneagram number for like the entire episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to read, uh, I'm going to read a little bit of the three song. Okay. This is the part that really did me in a little bit. Maybe I've done enough. Finally catching up. For the first time I see an image of my brokenness worthy of love. Maybe I've done enough. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that, spe- that specific podcast about threes when he had Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his last name? Chris Hewart, who we have, Chris, we have had on the show. And I told you, when we had Chris Hewart, I was just learning about the Enneagram, and I so wish that I knew what I know now and could talk to him again. Well, probably because I just yes. put him against a wall and, like, ask him 100,000 questions. He'd be running right? for his dear life. But that is totally. really cool, by the way, that we had him on this podcast. And you, you, man, you got that one together. And I just have to say, that's pretty impressive because now I'm like, he is a master. He knows everything. He is so he amazing. Is. He really is. He really is. He really is. And if you guys are interested in learning more about the Enneagram, we have, uh, we do have an episode on each Enneagram type. Um, those were around episodes, I think, seven, I think it was like seven through. 16 or something like that but you can find that in our archives yes ma'am all right sarah this is a little um off script okay but i need to give a thumbs down this week oh you don't say listen i just need everyone to stop wearing g-strings to the pool (laughs) oh gross I just need it to stop. I don't know when this became a thing that's just completely acceptable, like at a family resort. So this isn't But there were multiple women, American women, wearing G-strings at the resort in Cabo. Here's my problem with it. Okay, body positivity, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not the issue. First of all, your bottom has bacteria on it. Yeah. And when you're laying on a lounge chair, oh, just I don't want that to happen. No. Second of all, I just think people do not realize what your butt looks like after you've been sweaty oh, yeah. and sitting on a lounge chair for a long time. Totally. It's like imprinted. And then you get up and it just looks really bad. Also, I'm <laughs> not sure people completely understand that a lot of times your butt's broken out, guys. Oh, my and God. That's disgusting. you didn't give a good look. That's disgusting. And also sometimes there's hair. I mean, I saw so much more than I needed to see. Girl. And you know what? It makes, I mean, it does make my kids uncomfortable. Like I see them like looking and then like not being able to look away. Oh, how could you not? I mean, you, how could you, it's like a train wreck. I just want everyone to cover their butt. Well, I will say, even when we were in Laguna Beach this summer, I mean, with the, with the high school girls and the college yes. girls, they aren't G strings, but they're, they're not like much more fabric. Yeah, they're cheap. They're like no. in between a cheeky and a G. Like mm-hmm, literally, mm-hmm. it's probably two inches. So, it mm-hmm. c- but I mean, 
these people everywhere. It, it was by far the majority of swimsuits on the beach that I went to in Laguna Beach yep. were these. And it was just, but, and, and I was looking at these girls and I'm like, do these girls pack these things in their backpacks and leave their parents' house and then change in the car? Because there is no way in hell I would let my daughter wear this thing in public. No way. Well, let me tell you, the answer to that is no. I know a ton of girls who wear those bathing suits and post themselves in the bathing suits on Instagram what? all day long. So obviously the parents know. Like high school girls. Middle school girls. Oh, oh, you just, you just got me in the heart with that one. My son's Instagram feed, my 13-year-old's Instagram feed is just basically an entire feed of middle school girls in those bathing suits. <gasps> Where are the parents? I, I don't really, know. I mean, no, are I'm we so just, old, but like. I don't know. Are we just, I, I don't consider myself to be like high, like too demure or, you know, I, I just, no, it's not right. I don't either. But listen, when I was growing up, your butt was a private part. And, well, and the thing is, it's not anymore. It's not like, anymore, I guess. People sh wear shorts that are above your butt. They're wearing G-strings and like whatever these little things are, these girls. Like the butt is just not a private part anymore. Available and on display. It's available and on display. But I will say, and of course, she's only in second grade right now. But uh, Malou is very, like she does not... For instance, when she goes to gymnastics, she will not wear a leotard. She wears a leotard with a pair of shorts over it or like those bike tards, you know, with the little mm -hmm, bike shorts mm -hmm. built in. I can't let any of it show. My skirt has to be past my knees. It's like I'm raising this tiny little nun, but I did not do it myself. That's really funny. But of course, she's also eight and I probably should just keep my mouth shut because what's going to happen when she's 12? I don't know, but she, yeah, she's really like... Yeah, I, I think that there is a lot of social pressure for girls to wear like whatever the, you know, those very close to G string bathing suits right now. Yeah. And I think, I think that there's probably like half of them, their parents know and just don't care. Yeah. And I think half of them are doing what you said where they pack it in their bag. And well, I don't think my butt was ever looked that good to ever wear one of those ever in my life. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, we had a neighbor, <laughs> I had a neighbor throw a party um, like a teenage neighbor throw a party while his parents were out of town kind uh -huh. of thing. Uh -huh. And then the cops showed up. Uh -huh. So there was this one girl who had apparently shown up to the pool party in just that kind of a bathing suit with no other options to put on her bottoms and a sweatshirt. And she got <laughs> like basically locked out of the house, right? Like kicked out, but like her ride wasn't there. Oh. So she is roaming my neighborhood in a sweatshirt. And it look, you can't see the bathing suit really because it's up in her butt right so it looked like she was walking around with no pants on oh my goodness and this was on the fourth of july so i'm having a block party in front of my house and she just keeps walking and i'm telling you adults to children of all ages <laughs> were just staring at her going what in the world <gasps> oh my <laughs> where are your pants gosh that is horrendous <laughs> i know that ain't right that but she just, right. she rolled up in a car just wearing that. Like, she did not bring pants with her. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, well, I just can't wait anyway. for those preteen, teenager years in my life. No. That's going to be great. <laughs> um, all right, so let's do a little, a quick word from one of our sponsors. This yes. is actually, this is, this is a good one. You know, you always heard, we've all, all of us spend a third of our lives sleeping. So, I don't know, might be a good idea to, like, sleep comfortably crazy. I don't know. But mm -hmm. have you heard about Casper? I have. Yeah. So the experts of Casper, they have worked tirelessly 
<laughs> to make a quality sleep surface that cradles your natural geometry in all the right places. So this is what I like about Casper because, you know, I'm a girl who checks reviews on everything, <laughs> on everything. Yes. And Casper does very well everywhere. Mm -hmm. They've got over 20,000 reviews scattered across the internet between Amazon and Google with an average of 4.8 stars. So people legitimately love Casper. They're becoming the internet's favorite mattress for sure. Um, and I think it's because they combine these multiple supportive memory foams with just the right amount of sink and bounce. Um, they have their main mattress, but then they also have the Wave and the Essential. So the Wave has this patent-pending premium support system to mirror the shape of your body, whereas the Essential has this streamlined design at a price that is very affordable. And the best part is that the affordable prices are there because they completely cut out the middleman and sell directly to you. Plus the returns are hassle-free if you're not satisfied and you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100 night risk-free sleep on it trial. So we have a deal for you guys to get $50 towards select mattresses. Visit casper.com slash selfie and use the promo code selfie at checkout. Once again, that's casper.com slash selfie. Use the promo code selfie at checkout to get $50 off select mattresses. Terms and conditions apply. All right, guys. Well, we have um, a chat coming up with Jessica Turner. I am so stoked to be able to talk with her today because she has a new book out that is so relevant for so many of us. It's called Stretch Too Thin, How Working Moms Can Lose the Guilt, Work Smarter, and Thrive. Now, Jessica is no stranger to talking about self-care. Her first book was called The Fringe Hours, Making Time for You. So in addition to being an author, she is also the writer of the widely popular blog, The Mom Creative, and she's also a dear friend of mine, so I'm really happy to have you with us, Jessica. Thanks so much for having me. I love what you guys are doing here. I think these conversations are so important, so I'm honored to be here. So what compelled you to write your most recent book around working moms? So I work full-time nine to five corporate America job in addition to blogging, speaking, writing books. And so the working motherhood journey is something that is really relevant to me personally and something that I have a lot of interest in and I didn't feel like a lot of people were talking about it. So I thought I'd start out by just kind of testing the waters and see if anybody had any interest in talking about working motherhood, what the pain <laughs> points were, some of those types of things. And I just did a survey a couple years ago online. Um, it was summertime two years ago and asked working moms to leave their feedback. And in just a couple of days, I had more than 2,000 moms respond. Yeah, was I was going to say, incredible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why I kind of giggled. I thought, right? who doesn't want to talk about this? But you know? it's so interesting because there's so few books out there specifically geared toward working motherhood. When I was doing the research for the book, everything was like going back to work, how to <laughs> pump, you know, like yeah. nothing really useful for like when you're in the thick of it. And so right. 2,000 survey responses. Then I launched an online course called Stretch Too Thin. I was like, I'm going to just pilot this information a bit more and uh -huh. see what people say. I had 2,000 women go through the course. So now we've got 4,000 women oh who have gosh. responded to this content, which is insane, before I wrote a little bit, you know, before I'd written really anything for the book. So yeah. um, then I dove in and did 
dozens of interviews with other working moms because I obviously didn't want it to just be my story, right? Right, um, right. So talked with women in all types of work all across America, did tons of research, and wrote this book that I hope is going to be just a big sigh of relief for women to say, me too, I am also stretched too thin, but I yes. don't want to live this way. And yes. so every chapter is one of the pain points that was uncovered in the survey. And really, we could rattle these off without having done the survey, right? But <laughs> validation and data, I believe strongly in that. And so, um, you know, home management, marriage, boundaries at work, self-care, Parenting and just feeling like we're doing that right, time for friendship, all the emotions, you know, the guilt, the comparison, the exhaustion, all of that kind of stuff. So the book deals with all of these different pain points and then talks just really practically about what are some changes you can make in life so that maybe you'll feel a little less like you're surviving and more like you're thriving. Well, let's talk about a few of these. Um, obviously you had a lot of data coming in. What, what seemed to be the number one, the number one pain point? Number one was home management, but it was so close to self-care that I almost feel like they were tied home Mm -hmm. care or home management and self-care. Those two were the two biggest pain points, which that's certainly true in my own life. I don't know how you guys feel, but (laughs) yes, it is. Yes. Yes. So, um, though I talked to a lot of women about how does this make you feel and what does this look like? It's really interesting in Stretch Too Thin, I have some of the survey answers in the home management chapter. And one woman says, I literally go on my porch when somebody comes over because I don't want to let them in my house because I'm so embarrassed. (laughs) Oh, well, I think we've all felt that at some point, you know, just there's just so much to take care of. You know, that, I mean, I'll hide behind a couch. <laughs> and it never ends. It, it doesn't. Does, you never feel caught up, right? right. And so right. yep. how do you, I guess, feel okay with that? Or really, how do you put systems in place? And, and that's really more of what I talk about in the book, are what are some systems you can put in place so that you feel a little less overwhelmed? Like nobody but you and your family can take care of cleaning off the dining room table or something like that. I mean, unless you want to hire somebody to come in and organize and purge and do some of that, which you certainly can do right. that. But, right. but you can streamline a lot of things and you can put processes in place and you can put organization tools that are actually going to work in place so that you don't have to live so overwhelmed in all of those areas. So that's a lot of what I talk about when I discovered is working really well for women, Um, like automating things, right? Like having everything shipped directly to your house so you're never running out of stuff. And you're not having – Game changer. And you're not having that mental load. And mental load was something that I did a lot of research on of just all the things that we have going on in our minds, Mm -hmm. you know, of like kids growing and I need to go and get them bigger size shoes and bigger size pants and we're out of light bulbs and I've got to make this appointment and all of that stuff that's in your heads and predominantly is something that is women's responsibility. That is typically the way it works in households. Um, And we could go into a whole long discussion about why that is that. But on a very basic level, having all of those shipments come to you so that your mental load isn't worrying about running out of things can be a game changer for women. And it surprises me how many women still don't do that. So, um, Well, that's that's why this book's going to be fantastic. You know, I think lots of times it's just you're so bogged down with so much going on, it's hard to, like, compartmentalize each and think, okay, this is what I'm going to do here. But to have it laid out for you, you know, it's just easier to grab onto something and roll with it, opposed to just feeling so underwater with it all. 
Right. I know that one area in my house that constantly has felt overwhelming to me for years was my linen closet. Like Mm -hmm. I open it up and Mm -hmm. the king sheets, the queen sheets, the twin (laughs) sheets, the crib sheets. Like I I cannot find the flannel, the non-flannel because we live, you know, where it gets cold and I like cozy sheets. So like going in to get sheets was a stressor to me every time I had to open that closet. And so I ordered a bunch of those like 31 organizers from my shelves and had them all labeled like queen sheets, king sheets. And now they're all in boxes and bins and I'm never overwhelmed. And it's so funny how something as simple as bins in a closet could change my life every time I open that closet. I'm never stressed anymore. Yeah. We, this goes right back to, we were talking with Gabrielle Blair about with home as design, as self-care, home design as self-care. And it's just little things like that, that you can change that can really improve your quality of life. And it doesn't seem like something so big, but it changes things enormously. Yeah. Absolutely. Although we all want Gabrielle's house, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> my, totally. my, my linen closet is a small sampling of what my life could be if I were Gabrielle Bale. <laughs> <laughs> She's so amazing. I love her. We so do talk about self-care a little bit. What, what were the responses you were getting from all of these women? Really that they just don't do it, that it is the easiest thing to take off the list as what can I make time for, right? If I need more time, yeah. I'm going to cut working out. I'm going to cut my girl's night. I'm, I'm Whatever the me thing is, that's the thing I'm going to leave on the table. And what I've really been trying to do for years, starting with the fringe hours, is give women permission to take care of themselves. And that when you do that, you actually are going to be a better mom, a better wife, a better coworker, a better human being, because you're taking care of yourself first, right? That oxygen mask philosophy that we hear ad nauseum is so, so true. And so um, it's interesting, the data that I found for the fringe hours, the number one thing that women wanted to do if they had time for themselves was read which I thought was so interesting because reading is so portable. I mean, you can read just about anywhere. You can listen to a book when you're driving, you know. I mean, that's something you can easily work into your life. Um, So I I talk a lot about finding those pockets of time to – make you a priority in those pockets and then scheduling it and having that be a non-negotiable. Like this is the time that I'm going to go to the gym. This is the time I'm going to go out with friends and not feel guilty about that because the fact is our kids are watching us and they need to see us taking care of ourselves so that when they grow up, they realize that that is healthy and normal and it's part of their everyday practice. Isn't that the truth? That has been absolutely true for me in my life. Self-care is always on the back burner and it's really hard to make that a thing that makes the to-do list. Yeah, I think that particularly for moms like you, Kristen, you've got four kids, you've got a thriving business, you're a single mom, like you are juggling a lot. And so first of all, props to you because I think you are so amazing watching from the outside. I think that you are just an incredible mother. But I think that it is important that even when you're really, really busy, that you look at everything you're doing and figure out maybe there's something I need to take off of here so that I can get a little time for myself. I know that in my life, I notice a difference in how I'm acting 
toward others, particularly those closest to me, if I have not been doing a good job to take of taking care of myself. <clears throat> I tend to snap more. I am absolutely more irritable. And that can really change with a 30-minute bath and some time reading, you know? And so I think recognizing that in yourself and being willing to make that change, not just for yourself, but for your family and for the other people in your life is really powerful and can make a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. How do you think guilt plays into this whole, you know, self-care difficulty? I think it's huge, but you know, I think so much of it is self-imposed. Like nobody is telling us you shouldn't be doing that. In fact, when we have conversations around the pool or, you know, talking at the coffee pot at work and we say that we did X, Y, Z for ourselves, it's applauded, you know? So I don't know why we have all of a sudden turned self-care into a dirty word. I mean, it is so, so important that we're doing it. So it's very much self-imposed. I think when it comes to guilt in general, we need to look at where that's coming from. Is that coming from a place that is telling us, hey, I need to make a change in my life? Or is that coming from something that isn't real? That's just a lie. You know, if you're always feeling guilty because you're missing a child's sporting event or something, and there's a way that you can manipulate your schedule so that you don't have to do that and you can be there, awesome. Then that guilt helped prompt a change that then makes you feel better and I'm sure would be rewarding for your child. But you know what? If you can't make that change, then you need to think about, okay, what does a conversation I need to have with my child or what do I need to tell myself about this other commitment so that that guilt isn't the driving motivator of how you're feeling every time that sporting event happens. You know, I wonder if working moms don't have more guilt because we, in a weird way, compare ourselves to the domesticity of a stay-at-home mom, which is a completely unfair comparison. But I know I can fall into that trap. Like, you know, my daughters will mention like, oh, you know, Sophie's mom comes and volunteers once a week or, you know, so-and-so's mom makes her lunch for her every single day. Like, you know, whereas I make my own lunch. And, and so then I start going like, well, I should be doing those things. But it's like, but I have, I have a full-time job and these other moms may, you know, I know that they don't. So comparing myself to what they're doing is crazy, but I still do it. Right. I think it's an opportunity to have conversations with our kids around why we work and why work is important. And so using those instead of being prompters for guilt to be prompts for really important conversations, because the fact is 75% of American women work and most of us are working because we need to, right? Like we need to pay bills. We need, we need to be able to keep a roof over our heads, you know? And so it makes it really easy when we have good conversations with our kids around the why for them to not even have those types of conversations with us because they understand where it's coming from and and why that is part of their story. And I think it's really positive to have that kind of modeling, especially for daughters, to see their mothers working. And I think that's a positive thing. And it's so easy to get caught up in the guilt of I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing this. These other children's mothers are doing so much more, which is not really the case. And if you kind of can reframe it to the way your child might see it, which could be completely different than the way you're seeing it when you're caught up in the guilt. Well, that situation is a perfect example because I then said, well, do you want me to make your lunch? Or she had mentioned like, you know, other parents like packed their suitcases for their kids for Astro Camp. And so I'm feeling guilt. And then I said, do you want me to be more involved? She goes, no, yes. no, I want to be independent. <laughs> exactly. 
Right. So, like, I, we have to remember they're children, right? Like, they are not being manipulative necessarily in what they're saying. They're just saying what comes to their mind half the time. And and good for you for going a step further and having that conversation because you found out that it was something completely different instead of dwelling on it and, and feeling guilty when that wasn't why it was brought up at all. Well, you also have um, chapters about friendship. And talk to me about what you gleaned from, you know, your conversations around that topic, because I know that's a tough one. Yeah, I think we often feel like we don't have time for friendship. Um, And what was so interesting when I talked to women who were, quote unquote, really good at friendship, you know, it was something that was a priority to them. And I think that's true for just about any of these areas, right? The things that are important to you, you're going to make time for. And so really, it was identifying where can friendship already be fostered in the time that you're spending? So for instance, my son is has a really active soccer team and the parents are really active and they go to all the games and all the practices. And so that has been a great community builder for us where I'm getting time with other women that I enjoy talking with on a regular basis right there on the soccer field. So instead of looking at times where you have to be somewhere as it's a burden that maybe that can be an opportunity to cultivate friendship I think right along with self-care friendship can often be a form of self-care is being together with um, other friends and people that we care about and so having that be a part of your schedule that that's just the norm to have supper club or that you go out to a movie and dinner once a month or whatever that looks like for you having that be a regular part of your schedule and then also for those who work in an environment where there's other people really cultivating meaningful friendships at work. Um, At my work, we actually started a book club because so many of us were talking about books and sharing books that every other month we now get together at someone's house and have dinner and talk about books and drink wine. And it's phenomenal and has really deepened our relationships at work. So even look right where you're working and spending 40 hours a week, if you're at a job like I am, um, that can be a really phenomenal place for relationship. That is such a good idea. Yeah, it's been incredible. I never expected, you know, working in healthcare marketing that I would meet some of my closest friends, but those have been the people who have come and seen me in the hospital after surgeries and babies and have brought me meals and have become so, so dear to me that I've cried when they have moved or left and went to different jobs and that sort of thing. So I I think if you go into work with the intent of not just pursuing a passion or doing a good job, but how can I be relational since that's something we all you know, really crave, you can really create some meaningful friendships. Yeah. And you mentioned a book club. And I think that that is such a good idea. um, Because, you know, speaking of that idea of automations, I think we can do that with our friends too. Like it can be hard to get together regularly, but when we put something on the calendar, like, okay, we're doing a book club once a month, first Sunday of every month. Like then instead of making all those plans, like you just know it's set. Absolutely. I love things that are set that just become part of your regular routine. For us at work, every month felt really overwhelming for some people. And so it's just six books a year. And when you put it that way, it's like, oh, yes, I can (laughs) I can do six times. And knowing that one or two of those you're going to miss anyway. But it has become just so, so great. And then people have left and they still come to book club. And so we still get to see them. And um, I'm a bit of a book snob. I have an Instagram called book snobbery. And so I tend to be the one saying, hey, guys, these are the books we need to read so I also feel like I have made everyone's life better because they're reading more five-star books so uh, that's been really fun as well (laughs) that's your spiritual gifting it is it really is five-star books five-star books 
Yep. <laughs> so did you talk at all about making time for marriage? Yeah, yeah, there's a whole chapter on marriage, which I really debated because I know that there's so many working moms out there who are not married, and I didn't want them to feel slighted or that they weren't represented, but what was so interesting was that nearly four out of five moms said that it was difficult for them to make time for their spouses, and so I felt like it was something that I had to address, you know, and I think that the biggest thing about it is that you just are intentional, you know, because otherwise what happens is that you are just like two ships yep. passing, you know, that you are be, are like roommates and you are just dealing with the kids' schedules and work schedules and that's all that it is. And so the heart of that chapter is really intention and being kind to one another and really listening to one another and things that we know, right? But sometimes it's nice to just read it and be affirmed and get some good reminders of how you can connect. I talked to a lot of marriage therapists and counselors and um, got some really neat insights in that chapter. But um, it is so important because someday our kids are going to leave, right? And you'll be left with your spouse. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. So making that time is, is definitely important, but it's hard. And also remember that you are not going to be able to do all of it at once, right? Right. Like if you read Stretch Too Thin and you feel like every chapter resonates with you and you want to do all of the things, it could feel really overwhelming. And so I think being okay with starting with one thing, like starting with just the linen closet, starting with just one date night a month, starting with just, you know, three days a week at the gym or whatever that thing is for you and adding that in and adding that in and creating those habits over time, you'll see a shift. This isn't something that we're going to fix all at once or isn't going to sometimes be a problem in certain seasons. I mean, I was stretched too thin while I was writing stretched too thin. I was working (laughs) seven days a week between a full-time job and writing a book, you know, but I knew that it was for a season and we recognized that and we made changes to accommodate and my house was a wreck for six months, but you know what? Like it's better now, right? Yes. (laughs) Baby steps. Exactly. (laughs) Baby steps. And seasons. Yep. Well, I have one last question for you, and this is not related to your book per se, but I know that you are um, the book snob. (laughs) Do you have a couple books that you could recommend to our listeners? You know, I mentioned uh, before we got on, I think before we were recording, I loved the book The Heart's Invisible Furies. I read that earlier this year, and every year I do a top 10 list of my favorite books, and I am confident it will be on my top 10 list. I absolutely loved that book. I'm a big fiction reader. Um, I loved An American Marriage. I loved mm. Kristen Hanna's new book, The Great Alone. was phenomenal. Um, if you like nonfiction, I like memoir. That tends to be the genre I gravitate toward. And I really liked North of Normal. And I really liked Educated. Those were two that I read this year that I really enjoyed. I can talk books all all day long. My favorite subject. <laughs> but those are a few that are on kind of the top of my mind right now that are I would highly recommend all our five-star reads. Love it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jessica, for chatting with us. Again, her book is called Stretch Too Thin. You can buy it wherever books are sold. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for joining us. Continue the selfie conversation with us on Instagram at at selfie podcast and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash selfie podcast. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so that you can catch up with us next week. A huge thanks to Shepherd Audio for our intro music. Take care.